0: Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: Swear s- Swear. If it isn't dead, if it ever comes back, we'll come back to you. 27 years I dreamed of you I've missed you
0: We didn't stop it I you How
2: Geek Media Corps presents a review of IT Chapter 2, the second half of the IT duology. Today we are discussing IT Chapter 2, starring Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa, Jay Ryan, James Ransom, Andy Bean, and Bill Skarsgård, directed by Andy Muschietti, based on the best-selling novel by Stephen King. He thrusts his fist into the pose and still insists he is your podcast host. And, you know, that line would make a lot more sense if it was actually in the movie. But what's up, geeks? We are here tonight to talk about our very first horror review on the podcast here. And I cannot believe it. Joining me on this trip is the man who I would never have thought would even watch a Stephen King movie, much less do a review episode for it. So, uh, Danny, I know your secret, your dirty little secret. What's up, Bubba?
3: Uh, you know, I'm stunned. We've been doing this for, what, almost three years now? Just yeah. past three years? I would have never seen – like, of all the things that you have gotten me into, the Harry Potter, more sci-fi in general, a, I, I just never would have saw this one coming. Horror movies, and not only horror movies, a horror, an episode dedicated to a horror movie. so Yeah. You know, uh, and you, I know you have skipped have uh, Game of Thrones there. I know you skipped Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah. Thrones, yeah. There. Game After,
2: of Thrones I mean, got you yeah. too. But, and, guys, in case you don't know, Danny's like – that's a bad word to him now, Game of Thrones. That's why I make I, sure I, I put the Game of Thrones stuff in the background so he can see it. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, so, I mean, you know, here we are, three years later, first time ever, Tim they have to you. <laughs>
2: it doesn't feel like two years since it chapter one came out i, I no. yeah, you're calling it, it chapter one now it's, it's still just called it but we're calling it, it chapter one you know, in in hindsight because you know they didn't know that they were going to be able to make the second half of this it depended on the success and you know obviously it has success it was um as far as i know last i checked it was the highest grossing r-rated horror movie of all time and they say that because i think there's a pg-13 maybe that was that was bigger i don't even know these things i don't even know these yeah. things but yeah, they made a shitload of money, guys. The, the budget of the first movie, $35 million. The budget for this one, like, almost $150 million. So, And you can tell. They sank it into the the, the the production for this one. But um, what we usually do for this is we kind of just kind of run down the plot and stuff like that. But before we do that, we kind of get into our non-spoiler thoughts up front. But, guys, this is going to be a very spoiler-heavy review. These are, We always do these spoiler-heavy. So we'll do quick little thoughts about, you know, what we thought just overall – uh, before, without giving like a grade or anything like that. And then we'll kind of just get into uh, just follow down the plot. So if you haven't seen it yet and you intend to, uh, maybe you know bookmark this video and come back uh, after you see it. But Danny, uh, since you are the newbie on all things horror here, uh, why don't you give me some of your overall thoughts? Because I'm anxious to know, guys. He didn't tell me before we started this. He said he wanted to keep it close to the vest. So uh, I think I know where he's going, but uh, I'm going to let him go ahead and tell me now.
3: I, I think, you know, it's, it's great that you mentioned it because it. The first one, chapter one, whatever the hell I want to call it, had no expectations, no like zero expectations from everybody because King purists or King fans such as yourself know the history of King adaptations. It, it, mm-hmm. it is more, it is way more bad than good, and so you probably entered with like a little cautiously into the movie.
2: Cautious optimism always.
3: I knew nothing, so I was like, cool, whatever this is, let's let's see what happens, let's go with it. So. It being a success to both of us is because our expectations were real, real low. Um, And I think that hurts it, Chapter 2, is because expectations are are now the flip side. Everyone's expecting a good horror movie. Uh, So I think from that perspective, I'm kind of mixed on it. Uh, There are some things that I like. There are some things that I didn't like. uh, There are some things that I have now thought about that i'm more warmed up to the idea too uh i think the biggest criticism that i've seen across the board is that this movie isn't scary Mm. and i will say that's because we're looking through the lens of an adult things as an adult aren't as scary as things as a kid and i think that's a big theme overall that the movie uh kind of tore into that we can dive into on the spoiler side of things but i think when you look at it through that lens it was successful there were the first 30 to 45 minutes of that movie, very rough for me. Like I was like not enjoying it. I thought it was slog. I thought it was a little bit of a mess. It picked up as it went on. And I still think that there are some things that just by nature of it being faithful to the adaptation, I'm like probably just went over my head or I didn't understand as well. And I think that's where some of the muddled comes in. But overall, I liked it. I, I think it still hammered home some of the themes. I, I, I can see some... Tug of war with some of the direction because there are a couple of characters that I am disappointed by and and I think you will share some of that but for the most part I enjoyed it I didn't hate it it's not to me it's not as good as chapter one, but I think chapter one has the the benefit of lower expectations and it's a simple coming of age story so it can be a lot tighter, whereas this was a lot they had a lot more to do, uh, including the mythology stuff that it introduced.
2: I did a video review for this on the, on the channel right afterward, just cause I like to get these uh, things out that, you know, I, I don't want to make this, this episode be like four hours. I don't want this episode to be longer than the movie was. So there's a lot of things that I, I tried to get out on, um on, on that video. And, and some of the things I said is that I can understand if movie only fans of the series didn't like this one as much as the first one. Cause I know everybody's, everybody's a sucker for a, a coming of age story, myself included. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of, I kind of get that, but as a fan of the book and every fan of the book that I know that I've talked to, they all like this one better, including myself, than part one because it – a lot of the things that we felt like were left out of the first book or the first movie from the book, they retcon back into this, and we'll get into that in the details of that when we get into spoilers. But, I mean, just up front, if you say you're kind of mixed to positive, I say I'm just very positive because I felt like even from the very first scene – the very first scene of this movie is the first scene from the book, and I'm just like – Holy shit, they're going for it, you know, and I couldn't believe it. So, uh, yeah, I definitely went in with some guarded expectations because I saw the the kind of middling reviews and stuff. And first I told myself, you know, critics can't judge horror because they don't consider it a, a legitimate uh, genre. They just they don't think they don't take it seriously. So I'm not going to ever listen to critics when it comes on horror. The fact that the first one was like a media darling, I think that kind of. You know, it's kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy where it had uh, no expectations with the first one and the second one had expectations and people like yourself were very disappointed with it. Um, obviously, that's a conversation for a different time that we if we have had many times on the show. But um, I, I definitely went into it with guarded expectations and I was just kind of blown away. I can see someone who did not read it thinking the first 45 minutes of the, before the losers all get together thinking, okay, can we get on with it? Whereas I'm like... Hey, they're rushing this, you know, because <laughs> you know, it, it starts skipping some of Mike's phone calls and stuff. And, and, and the way that the book does it is they, they get a phone call as an adult, and then they have the flashback of what happened. Is like That's when they remember what happened. And so uh, it, the rumor is that they've got so much footage of this that they want to put it together like a six-hour cut of both one and two together. Sign me the fuck up, because I, <laughs> I know everybody's like, oh, this movie was kind of long. And I'm like, it ain't long enough. So um I loved it. It it exceeded my expectations. There are changes, but I think it's kind of like Lord of the Rings, where I feel like a lot of the changes, I actually kind of thought were the only way that you could do it on screen. So I was OK with them. There are a couple I'm iffy on. And we'll talk about that. As far as acting, I think all the actors, really, they, they crushed the part they were supposed to. Uh, there are a couple of hiccups in in the casting that I, I had problems with, and it, it completely surprises me. Uh, we, we will definitely get into that. But overall, yes, I really enjoyed it. I liked it better than the first one because I felt like the first one just was riffing off Stranger Things, and I didn't need that. I already had that with Stranger Things. Some of the kid actors, I thought, tried too hard. <clears throat> Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. It just – I don't know. There were things about it that I didn't like. And I didn't understand why everyone was holding this up like it was like some classic like The Goonies or some shit. And I know you hate that word, The Goonies. The goonies. <laughs> but I'm just hearing like that. this is like some – this is some classic part one that couldn't be touched. And I'm like, guys, movies movie's two fucking years old. Calm down. Calm down. So, uh, yeah, I understand people who only seen the movies liking the first one better. Uh, I, me. I do
3: – no, just I do th- agree with you. Uh, super cu- – and I thought this like – about two thirds of the way through the movie, a super cut between chapter one and two would be very, very good. Like when you put this all together and edit it together, so it flows really nicely. Wonderful. Sign me up for that. Two on its own was, it was a little like, like, come on guys. Like let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's get, let's get to the heart of it. Cause I wanted to see them as adults and I wanted to see that interaction.
2: See, and that's where I wonder, you know, me being so close to the source material actually, like, makes it where I can't understand what it, yeah. things like this. And the fact that I'm already connected to these characters, As I said, when you yes. read a 1,300-page book, you start to feel like, hey, I'm the eighth loser. You know, these are, like, my friends. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I was already connected to these characters. And we'll get into some of the emotional beats in the movie, and I want to know if they hit you the same way they hit me or if it was just my attachment to the you know, the characters in print or not. But um, I guess, guys, we're going to get into the spoilers and – um. Again, if you haven't seen it yet, maybe wait to listen to this. Uh, but uh, we we hope you'll come back and listen afterwards and hear what we're going to talk about. So um, first off the bat, I want to say that this book was written between 1981 and 1984. So um, things like – this might seem a little controversial, guys. Things like saying the, the word faggot, which is said a lot mm-hmm. in the first part of this movie – that was very prevalent in the 80s. It was huge. It was not quite as acceptable to be out and open like it is today. So I felt like this, even though I was happy, it was straight from the book. I was kind of like, it might be kind of, I mean, I mean, it was one step away from the guys wearing MAGA hats at this point. I mean, it was like, was <laughs> like okay, uh, I'm glad that they're following the book, but I was like, it might be stretching a little bit. I don't know how things are in Maine, but I don't think they're quite that aggressive in Maine but I'm glad mm-hmm. that they they made it uncomfortable like it was uncomfortable to read it was uncomfortable to watch they didn't pull mm-hmm. any punches literally or figuratively it was brutal and i mean that's what happens in the book they they beat the shit out of them and they throw them over the throw them over the bridge and uh apparently that's based off of something that really happened uh, uh around the area at the time that that's what he based that off of but i got to know if for someone like you does this does this shock you like right out of the gate like this about how brutal that was
3: uh it it did shock me as brutal i I did expect them to like soften it by, by showing Pennywise being the influence to, to the hate. Um, I, I mean, they didn't do that. And I struggled with that because throughout the whole movie, you know, whether it's that, that brutal beating or the way that Bill's sexuality gets addressed, like it did feel very eighties s it's like, cool, this is very much how things were in the eighties. And to me, like, in, during the movie, I had a, I had an issue with it, especially the dirty little secret part. I wish they had modernized that just a little bit. Just you know, Bill not being able to control how he comes out to his friends, uh, and he still never does by the end of the movie. Like, you mean no Richard? one, yeah, no Richard one really Richard knows.
2: Them. Uh, yeah, and the thing is, is like you could have missed it if you if you yeah. weren't really paying attention. You could have totally missed it. I mean, yeah. uh, that's a change from the book. Uh, again, it doesn't change. Very much, so it's no. fine. It doesn't bother me at all. It's it's implied uh, in the 1990 movie that that Eddie might actually be gay, but you know, in 1990, you couldn't say that on TV. You know, so I was like, guys, you really got to understand, it really was different just like ten years ago than it is now. Yeah. So um, it was. It was I, I was stunned they did. it.
3: Yeah, I was stunned. I, I still kind of expected them to modernize it, even that scene at the end where they all surround Richie. Like that's when I expected something to happen, and it didn't. So the the, the depiction, like. It, it was good for the beginning in the 80s, and that felt very true. And, like, again, I was kind of wishing that – especially since Bill Hader fucking knocked it out of the goddamn park. Yeah, I, am stunned. I am stunned. I am blown away that Bill Hader just completely stole everyone's lunch money in this movie. And I, I really felt that he could have nailed that moment. But it sounds like it's faithful to the book. It is what it is. But – for the most part, um, yeah, that beginning was just like, it was very much like, oh shit, like what did I what did I, what did did I, I stumble into here?
2: And that was faithful right up to Pennywise biting him right under the armpit, and taking a big old chunk out of him. And he, he wasn't, he was the hate that uh, made that happen. He was the, that was what woke him up from his slumber and be like, okay, yeah. you know, hey, it's time to fuck some people up. You know, that's why, he'd, you know, usually goes after children or whatever, but he's woke just woke up from 27 year slumber. He's very hungry. So his, uh, yeah. His
3: killings were more gruesome this time around.
2: Oh yeah. For sure. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I did talk in my video about how they, they, they still kind of shy away whenever he's eating a child, because the thing was in this, they said like, oh, Pennywise is going to eat a child, and I don't want to sound like a fucking animal here and be like, I want to see a child get eaten on screen, but I was like, you got that R rating? You should have showed just a little bit more. You didn't have to cut away on both of those those child killings, you know? Was, was Georgie
3: was Georgie not enough for you? <laughs>
2: uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, but uh, this is where we get to see uh, that Mike, Mike is the one who stayed behind. This is uh, Isaiah Mustafa, the Old Spice guy, who is million in this role because i didn't if you didn't tell me that was the old spice guy i would have never guessed and uh your wife it, wasn't looking at him your wife was looking at you yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> tickets are now diamonds oh it's such a great commercial uh but uh yeah he's fantastic we talk about the casting real fast on all this um a lot of the, bill Hader was the casting where i was kind of iffy i was like i just don't see that it is i don't know i just don't know if i could take him seriously And you very much brought to my attention over the last year or two that, uh, you know, horror and comedy, there's such a fine line there in acting. And uh, it's very, very true in this because I was like, okay, I know he can handle the funny parts of Richie. Can he handle the serious parts? And and yeah, yeah, he did. Yes. He if you had told me he was the one that was going to steal this movie, I said, you must be like a fan of the show Barry or or an SNL fan or something, because I don't see that at all. And yeah, he did. He did. I mean, I can't believe how many how much I laughed in this movie, and it wasn't like shitty Marvel humor. It was actually stuff that I felt like these were friends together just bullshit with each other. And I mean, I laughed. that dinner scene, I probably laughed out loud in the theater about three times. It's fantastic. So uh, all the casting started with as I Isaiah Mustafa here. I'm I, I'm liking it already.
3: Yeah, no, I I thought he did a great job. Um, like you said, chameleon. Like you would never know that this was the chiseled old spice dude who talks in a cheesy voice. Like he was. Uh, very convincing as Mike to the point where I was disappointed that Mike didn't get as much of the characterization of dealing with his past like every other character they showed them dealing with traumas from the past Mike didn't get to deal with the fact that he didn't burn down you know his parents and he didn't cause that Uh, it's kind of washed away and Mike gets a lot of the exposition of like oh here's this uh here's the the thing that we have to do to kill Pennywise at well oh, this was is why in the
2: book by the way the little the little trinket that he has the yeah. drum-looking thing that was not actually in the book ritual of chud is in the book and yeah, I would say it's not quite like it is in the book. But for the screen, I felt like this was the better route to go. But I was thinking that. But also it's because in the first movie, they completely assassinated Mike's character. And in this one, they kind of retconned it. They kind of gave all of his stuff to Ben. Like Ben was the town historian and all that stuff in the first one. No, Mike was the one that was all about knowing the town history and all that in the, in the actual book. So I felt like they kind of corrected that here. Yeah, And so I like it already. I'm like, okay. They're doing that, and the fact that they do the flashbacks to the kid stuff, that there was scenes from the book that we didn't get to see in the first movie, I felt like I got them here, and that just that made me so happy. You can't even, like, like, like the underground clubhouse is such a huge part of the book, and the fact that they, they they kind of fit in here. I know a lot of people say, no, it feels like a retcon. It's a retcon I'm happy with. That's why I think a book cut uh, of this movie would be so much better, including when Mike calls all these people, and them actually doing the narrative flow like it is in the book, where he calls each one. They have that memory and then they before they get to dairy, you know, so uh, yeah. there are some things where you, I say, I can see why you were feeling like this was taking a while. But, you know, as a fan of the of the book, uh, I, I felt like it could have went longer, you know, <laughs> the way he calls them. Uh, I didn't need to see Bill Hader throwing up on the camera. Uh, <laughs> he I'm one of those people that, that I see someone else throwing up, and I hear it. I want to throw up myself, so I kind of was in the theater at that part. But uh, yeah, there's a little side plot from the book that they cut out, and that's uh, Beverly's husband, the abusive abusive husband, and uh, and and Bill's wife, the actress, where they have like a shitty side plot. They completely removed that, and I love it. I feel yeah. like that was like the dumbest part from the book that I did not even need. It changed nothing about the story and i was glad because his wife's on the his wife's on the screen for like two minutes and she's like a mega bitch and i'm just like all right, all right. but i do like that they're they're always bringing up that uh, his endings suck bill's endings suck because that's, that's something a king they, thing yeah that's something that king gets a lot and the fact that he actually has that cameo later we'll get to uh it was such a meta meta moment but yeah I, I definitely see where someone like you who didn't read is getting getting this where it's like okay this is this is a lot of characters like a podcast i listen to now playing they're saying we feel like they could have like cut this cut these characters down you know, cut it yeah. down to less than seven characters. Whereas I'm like, don't you dare, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
3: but yeah, I, I, I do, do think, I, and I, maybe this is in the books, and maybe I picked up on the right thing, or maybe it's not. It did seem like a lot of the adult lives outside of Dairy, despite the fact that they can't remember Dairy, they kind of like, uh, Re, they didn't reinvent themselves. They kind of were stuck in a cycle themselves because, I mean, Beverly's the prime example. She went from abusive dad to abusive husband, which she doesn't even know because she can't even remember her dad. Eddie, is is Eddie that kind of the thing? Mother.
2: Yeah, yeah Eddie, Eddie. basically married his mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a real big thing uh, that, that you know none of them can have children. That's a big deal from the book too. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's good that you that you that out. There is a lot of things. That, and then whereas Mike, Mike's the only one who hasn't had a successful life. Because he never left Derry. Everybody else is like that's... mega successful in their life except him because he stayed. Yeah. yeah. Good eye. Yeah. Good eye. So I mean, I, always wish a... had, I wish they had hammered
3: that home a little bit more. Um, sure. You know, because it's one of those things that you could have missed it or you could have, like, eh, maybe that's not a thing. But I think it would have tied the characters to Pennywise as far as, especially because he has a cycle and they talk about his 27 year cycle. So I really wish they would have tied the characters a little bit more together because one thing that, I heard overheard someone in the theater say, what's so special about these kids?" And I feel like that's something that the, the movie kind of dropped the ball a little bit on.
2: I get that. I get yeah. that. I heard some another podcast saying that uh, they didn't understand that if Pennywise is into you know scared children or whatever, why does he care so much about these people? Well, he's pissed off. He's pissed yeah. off because they're the ones that fucked him up 27 years ago. So that, that that that's why. But no, I get that. But there are little things that they didn't do that they they, they kind of missed out on. Like when they go back to Derry, that scar on their hand wasn't there anymore. It was why well, for the phone call, the scar starts showing. You see Bill kind of go, ow, like that. That's when the scar first shows back up on all of them. Beverly didn't have the shining or whatever the hell that was in this movie. Uh, but they, they started having like some of their idiosyncrasies come back. Yeah. Like when they go back the to Derry, all of a sudden – he starts stuttering again. Uh, Eddie needs his inhaler again. It's, it's just little things like that that they did in the movie. They just didn't really explain them. And yes. I, thought, I thought that was kind of a missed opportunity. I agree. Uh, the Stanley suicide, yeah. Uh, I think anybody at this point, even if they hadn't read it, they already kind of knew about this. People kind of blurted it out. He gets the call and he kills himself. This is something I felt like they handled better than the book. Uh, in the book, it's he gets the phone call, he's scared shitless, and instead of deciding to face it again, he just goes and kills himself. The way they do this, they actually made Stanley feel like a presence in this movie because mm-hmm. they have the flashback to the clubhouse scene with the hairnets. They have the the flashback to him giving the, the I don't know what it's called. What's it called, the Jewish thing when you turn 16? Um, bar Mitzvah. Bar Mitzvah. Uh, he, they have that part, and then they have his note at the end where he's saying, you know, I took myself off the board because if we aren't all on the same page, I'm going to get us all killed. I love that. I thought that that was such a better way to do his character. So, uh, hey, again, this is a book that I – it just it completely dear to me, but even I can say for the screen, that was way better because it didn't just make it seem like – like you watch that 1990 movie, and it's like – Stan killed himself. Oh, damn! And you never think about him again. This, I, I actually felt like he was missed in this movie, and it was well done. It's very, very well done.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it is a very heavy start to the movie too. I mean, you have the the gay the gay beating and murder. You have domestic abuse from Beverly, and then you have a suicide. So it is a it is not setting you up for like happy times and sunshine and rainbows. So uh, uh, it definitely set the stakes pretty high really
2: fast. Oh, and Tom, that's Beverly's husband. Dude, that dude was an even bigger piece of shit in the book. And I mean that that scene was way more uncomfortable to read than it was what they did on screen. I mean, it, it was rough, but it was way, way like he gets the belt and just like beats her across the tits and shit. It's just brutal. It's just brutal in the book. So I'm I'm actually kinda glad they reeled back on that one. I didn't need to see all that.
3: I would I would imagine in the in the book the the abuse triggers her flashback to her dad. Am, am I right? No no,
2: no, 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 they really don't. She doesn't even start to remember hers until, uh, until she's on the airplane on the way back to dairy. She starts to remember because right. none of them because first are like, Mike, Mike, who, you know, it they yeah. don't remember anything, but they just know that they, they have to do this. They have to go, yes. you know, they're kind of drawn to it. So they, that makes sense. But I mean, it's pretty much faithful. All This is pretty much faithful. And it, it all leads up to the, the restaurant scene where they meet at this restaurant scene. And, Like I said, I can't believe how much I laughed during this scene, and like I said, I don't know if it was because I already felt connected to these characters or if these actors just had really good chemistry because after like a minute, I feel like I'm hanging out at a high school reunion, and everybody's just – it feels like – you ever had that thing where like you have a friend you haven't seen forever, and then you see them, and it's like not a day past? You guys just fit right back into the, the conversation? That's what it felt like to me, and that's what I needed to happen.
3: Yeah, no, I I've seen the complaints that the adult cast doesn't have the chemistry, and uh, I, I watched this scene and I was just like, no, oh, this this seems like they're just having a good time and they're drinking, they're eating, you know, they're 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 friends. Um, I got married. I married
2: well your mom. I mean, oh my yeah. god, I'd die.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I,
2: and again, this is where this
3: is where Bill Hader starts to shine for me is that he you believe that he is young Finn Wolfhard, like you believe he's that same character, and like he just really is the like without him there i don't know that that scene works to be quite honest because he really does tie a lot of those strings
2: together yeah and i say that i i you know i know i like ben Wolfhard and stranger things but i kind of he was kind of obnoxious to me in that first movie it was just like kind of over the top but i felt like bill Hader actually elevated richie's character so much in this that mm-hmm. i kind of appreciate it more now so i mean again I like Richie and and Eddie I, a lot more
3: yeah richie yeah. And Eddie a lot more in this movie
2: uh, and oh my god the guy they cast as Eddie if you had a time machine and you took <laughs> that kid to that age I'm not convinced that's not what he looks like it shows that part in yeah. the pharmacy where it like fades into his face yeah it looks like the same person so that is a home run in casting
3: I think casting looks wise I think the casting across the board they did a phenomenal job with the kids Absolutely. the kids to the adults Absolutely. Uh, you know if we would redo it. I'm sure we would because there's, there's some misses, but um, yeah, no, I, I think they did a, a bank of job, especially, I mean, Beverly, Richie, Eddie, um, home runs across the board.
2: I think everybody was like, was like oh, Jessica Chastain, you know, because that was like, yeah. that's like the, the, Even it, the actress Redhead herself. World. She was yeah. like
3: Jessica Chastain. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, again, I got no problems with this casting. You guys know I'm a big James McAvoy fan, but I'm not going to lie. James McAvoy kind of fell flat for me in this movie, and I don't think it was his fault. I mean, he he played the character like you're supposed to play the character. I just – I don't know. I think it's just because after things like Split and Glass, I just – I expect James McAvoy to knock my socks off now. And the fact that he just kind of was
3: okay. I think the biggest part for me is I don't think it's McAvoy's performance because I, I do think that he picks up the idiosyncrasies of, of Bill – Pretty quickly and pretty pretty like nicely. I think the biggest thing for me is that in the first movie, Bill is easily the de facto leader. He is the protagonist. It's his story. Here, I don't this, and this is a big problem with the movie to me is I don't know that it's his story, and so it, it feels more like a, a Beverly story, a, a Richie story, a Richie and Eddie story. Um, Stan is Stan is the the now hot one, right? No, not Stan.
2: Uh, ben. Ben is the one that's now sexy. The fact he got sexy, yeah. Yeah. hot soccer so, player. Yeah.
3: So it feels like Ben Beverly. It feels like Richie Eddie, and it kind of feels like just by the story, Bill is in the background, and I I think that's what hurts is this movie has less of a driving force. Like whose story is it? Because it feels like everyone else, and then they still try to get the Bill and Georgie stuff in, and it like okay, this is nice. That like, flat
2: for me. The. Shooting. Yeah. so i i don't know that 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 wasn't from the book and i i don't know that was uh whatever
3: yeah i mean i don't know i just feel like that without them picking like hey cool we're gonna go these are our two leads this is our main. this is our a story this is our b story i think that's where it kind of falls flat and i don't think that's macro voice i think that's just the screenplay's fault um they really should have picked a direction there
2: yeah, I mean, they made it a big point that Bill was always a leader, and I mean, they, he was still the leader in, in nineteen eighty eighty six when they when they come back in the original story. So uh, I, I it was an interesting choice, and it makes me wonder if if they do this this director's cut that they talk about, if that if you feel that a little more because yeah, I definitely didn't feel like Bill was the leader at this at, it, in this movie at all.
3: It felt like a lot of his storyline was just tacked on, like oh yeah, but here's the Georgie stuff, and here's this kid that looks like Georgie, and. That's it. Like there's no it's not as interesting to me as the Ben Beverly stuff, the Richie Yeti stuff where there's just a lot to like unpack and uncover. And, you know, the four actors just really did a really bang up job and nailed it.
2: I'll say that, yes, it's very noticeable that it was CGI. But do you understand now why after I read this book, I didn't want a fortune cookie for like six fucking years? (laughs) (laughs) The whole part about the slips of paper spelling out something that was new, and I liked that. I liked that a lot. But all the things that came out of it all had stuff that related each character, like Beverly's, you know, it was blood for the blood from the sink, and um, the Batwing was uh, something from the book where Richie yeah. saw the, the vampire movie and he was scared of the vampire and stuff like. So, it, it, that nice little nods. It was stuff like that where I felt like, okay they're they're giving nods to the readers here and stuff like that but yeah it, it looked very cgi but i still felt like it was acted enough and i i really like him hitting the, the table with a chair and she's like is everything okay yeah can we get our check please uh it was it was pretty good
3: i i like that because it did set up a lot of this movie and a lot of one of the themes of the movie is just as an adult you know it's not scary mm-hmm. you know it's not real that everything that you're afraid of is actually just like in your head so I like that they established the rule of the movie there early on. It's like, cool. It's not real. And if you know, it's not real, it can't hurt you.
2: Right. Yeah. You know, it's a real big thing about remember. Then you see that at the end, they just got to remember, yeah. you know, like she says, uh, you know, if you believe that it, it kills monsters, you know, that's the kind of a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the best way to do this is kind of talk about each character. And uh, let's maybe talk about their flat, their flashback and their, uh, and their horcrux, as I called it, because there was no finding your horcrux or your tether. In the book, that was something added on here to uh to show these flashbacks, and I appreciate it because it, it got me that, so I'm letting that go. Uh I guess if you say Mike has a flashback, it's just to that where he gets that thing with the there are no natives in the book. Uh that him and him and him and Richie do this, this, this uh, I'm sorry, Richie and uh Bill do like this uh ritual of shoot thing, which is just like a sweat box and they they you know in the clubhouse and they hallucinate and you see all where Pennywise came from. And yes, he's a big intergalactic space spider. I can say that now. And uh, we'll get to that at the, the, the very, very ending. But one um, thing I,
3: one thing I do admit, having all five of these play out, like it did, like it did make me wish, like man, I, I kind of hope someone buys the bullet because we're gonna just, I just felt like, cool, we're gonna go with each character to a point, and then we're gonna come back and each character to the point, and then again and again, it's like guys, like there's got to be a better way to show this because this is the least interesting way to show this.
2: Well, I'll say that in the in the in the book. Uh, Eddie and Stan both die. Yes. And I thought they might actually surprise us with like Mike or somebody dying in this, but they didn't. They say, they say true to the book. Uh, But uh, I I can see where you're coming from. But I mean, like I said, a lot of these flashbacks are stuff that, Some of them are stuff that's straight from the book that I'm glad we got to see, like Bill finding his old bike, Silver. I didn't feel like they made Silver a big enough deal. I even marked out, like I was watching WrestleMania, and some wrestler popped up that I hadn't seen forever when he said, hi, yo, Silver, away. And he says this bike can beat the devil. That's the name of the chapter, a chapter in the book, Bill "Bill Dimbro Beats the Devil. It's the name of three chapters in the book. And, of course, the Stephen King cameo was fantastic. So meta. Tell me that wasn't like – something that wasn't like the Stan Lee because I think Stephen King is like the Stan Lee of horror. I think that he, he, people who don't even follow horror know who he is. People who don't read comics know who Stan Lee was. So I was I like, I didn't I know who anything. that was. You didn't know that was him. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> I'm going to just undercut your point. I didn't know. That
2: was Stephen King. <laughs> well, you're, you're like young and shit, but uh, uh you know what? But you don't, before the MCU movies built up, there's probably still have been people have been like, I've yeah. heard of Stanley, but I don't know who he is. But I, I'm glad that, you know, he said I'm too. he used to do it in the 80s, and then the movies got really bad and he stopped doing them. <laughs> so uh, and now he says, I'm, I'm too old for that shit. But I, I'm glad since this is, you know, his biggest mainstream movie hit. I mean, people will say Shawshank, but you guys remember Shawshank was a flop at the box office. Green Mile didn't do great at the box office. This is his biggest commercial hit at the theater. So I'm glad he got to be a part of it. And it was so meta because he he always gets people come up to him, tell him that he uses too much bad language. He brings it up. Yep. You use that kind of language. You can stay outside. People always tell him, oh, yeah, I love your books, but your ending suck. You know, people will come up to him and say that. And he'll always say like, hey, you know, hey, well, you want me to sign that for you? And I'm like, nah, <laughs> you know, the people actually do that to him. So I, I, I love that. And it, it was it was meta, but it didn't like take me out of the movie. I thought it was, no. it was really, really, really cool feeling. And, and oh, yeah. And people always been like, oh, you can afford it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so it was it was cool, uh, but the flashback to him like talking to the the sewer drain that 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 was the skateboard kid was in the in the in the in the book, but the uh, him talking to the drain as 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 a youngster and getting Georgie's paper boat and that was something that was added for the movie. But it was again it was a cool effect, the little baby hands that all reached out and grabbed and that was <laughs> creepy. Yeah, and, and again guys, I've said that I, I'm not scared of clowns. But the book left enough of an impression on me that I still won't go near no fucking sewer drains. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I tell my kids all the time, "Don't you go play near no fucking sewer drains because you kick the ball down there. <laughs> we ain't getting that shit out. It's just gonna live down there."
3: I think the biggest thing for me uh, about Bill's storyline is, and again, this is another theme of not only the movie "Adulthood" is letting the past go, and like that's what each of these tokens is supposed to represent is that they let they face their fear let their fear go, et cetera, et cetera. I would have hoped that Bill as an adult, as a 40 something year old man would have let the Georgie thing go like 20, 30 years ago. Like it just felt like
2: it until he got, until he got back to dairy. Yeah.
3: It just felt like, a uh, again, I I said it earlier out of all the storylines, this one felt the most boring to me because it was just a straight rehash of it. One, like, cool. Like to me, the whole point of it, chapter one is, you know, Bill coming to grips, like, Hey, it wasn't my fault, and then it just felt like we redid this for chapter two.
2: I felt like his was probably was pretty boring in the book when he was on his own because they had the thing where they each split up and go try to remember things.
3: I did and, appreciate that they said, "Yeah, us splitting up is like that's the worst fucking idea that we ever."
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do that to kind of see if they can remember or anything, and it's like, yeah, remember you guys don't remember that when you were younger you learned, hey, he can't get us so bad when we're together, you know. So uh, yeah, again, you have to kind of relearn these things uh but yeah in the book it was like him finding the bike it was cool but it, it was kind of kind of a dull part of the story in the book until they get back together uh eddie's is completely new uh going back to the farm he does go back to the farm and thing but there he doesn't re-encounter the leper again in the book and i'll say that this is the uh the weirdest thing for me and this is two things in this movie were a couple times where i'm like would that actually happen or not even really would that happen i was like what are you kind of going for here where he's choking the leper and and it pukes on him and starts playing don't don't call me angel I'm like I feel like I'm watching drag me to hell or something here what what the hell is this supposed to be scary or not and I think this might be a thing where like when they recorded it they thought it was scary and they were going back and they were watching it like this ain't really scary so let's kind of put some humor in it I do not understand that move at all uh,
3: I didn't understand that move and this is a part where it kind of where I like I'm left wondering like what's real was not real because it At times, it seems like the Pennywise illusions—what, for lack of a better phrase, can't hurt the kids if they remember it's not real. And then other times, like, oh, yeah, no, it hurts the kids. And so, like, I just wasn't clear on, like, what was dangerous and what wasn't dangerous. And I feel like if they had made that clear a little bit more, I'd feel more tension and I'd be gripping the seat a little bit more.
2: He can't hurt them, obviously. Uh, What he says in the thing is that – it's like salting meat. They're they're more they taste better when they're scared. So that's why okay. he usually goes for children. Uh, but yeah, the fact that Eddie like fought back like this, uh, yeah, this was a completely different character than what I read. But uh, I don't know. It, it was a it was a whatever. It was kind of cool to see uh, the same the same uh, Mr. Keene, the pharmacist there, and the same daughters. Like you gotta you gotta push the door. You know the one that wrote loser on his cast in the first one uh and andy muschetti's a cameo same place in this he's a customer in the pharmacy store there so that's that's pretty cool for him uh let's move to beverly she goes back to her old apartment this is i mean we saw you saw a lot of this in the teaser trailer uh,
3: i but, wish they hadn't shown that in the trailer I, I
2: really really do i do i do agree but you know, we didn't get to see the, the the fucking eight foot tall scary saggy tit woman come running at <laughs> what <laughs> yeah that maybe actually it was like Look, I said, when you're over the age of about 11, the movie can't really scare you anymore, but when that thing came running towards the screen, I kind of went mm, back in my seat a little bit because I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> the hair was, like, standing up like he was walking on the ceiling or something. That was, that was, yeah, that was something. But she finds that, uh, that postcard, so that's pretty cool. The postcard is pretty
3: cool. Um, to me, the the creepiest scene in the movie is the old woman scene, especially when she's just staring everything. Yeah. Everything's really uncomfortable. Dies.
2: What do I tell you? The best kind of horror at this age is things that yeah. make him uncomfortable. And I'm like, Oh my God, attention! <laughs> yeah.
3: So not only that, but like the Bill Skarsgård part where he like just cuts his face into the, the uh, that, nah, like that's
2: not from, that the was, book, like, one that, was
3: through, that was, that was, it was the good kind of cringe because I was just like, Oh shit. Like, I don't need to see, I don't need to see him like digging his face. But again, I wish they hadn't shown that in the trailer because this was, to me, the most tense, creepiest scene of the movie.
2: Uh, another part that made me uncomfortable was the flashback with her father and in the in the, in the, in the the mom's perfume. Oh, my God. I was just like, oh, I just felt icky. I, felt yeah, icky, man. No. I can't think of a better word.
3: I, I think of anybody's character that as, – as far as the storyline goes, I think Beverly's is is the best because there's so much – depth to it and then she gets the, the meatiest parts to play jessica chastain and i am gonna forget who the child actress was that played Wilder her
2: ringwald's clone
3: uh sophia lillis like they get them they get the juiciest parts of the the script and it's just it's tough and it's hard to watch and i think that's just a a credit to them for for really getting into the role and Again, I do wish that they had tied that – her husband to her father a little bit more because I I think that would have just put a bow on her storyline.
2: And you know, I've heard some criticisms of that through the book in the past that, oh, well, why did King only write one female in this group? Because he would rather write one really, really great female than a bunch of just like, hey, you just shove those in there just to even things out. Yes, Beverly has – Probably the best story of all the characters in the book. So uh, I'm glad that kind of came through to you on the screen, too. It's good. It's good. Uh, let's see here. Ben. Uh, ben goes back to his school. This did not. He went back to the library in the book, but it, it kind of is the same thing. But you didn't have the thing with Beverly and the kiss and you know, the, your hair is winter fire. That was fucking freaky, man. Oh, but her hair on fire. And he goes into the locker and Pennywise is in the locker.
3: I knew he'd be in the locker. They kept they kept cutting. I'm like, I'm gonna wait for this guy to come. Yeah, the new kid on the
2: block poster in the in the locker.
3: <laughs> the one thing I the one thing I felt that chapter two that chapter two wasn't served justice by chapter one is I don't feel like I got enough of the Ben character in chapter one to make a lot of this as effective. And I I could tell that there was more flashbacks, more retcons with with Ben, but I I just felt like the balance was off. And hopefully a supercut would. Kind of changed that. But I, I really felt like Ben was maybe the least, like the worst served character here just because of that.
2: I will agree. And you want to know why? I say the best thing about this book is when you read it when you're younger, you can find one of these seven kids that you relate to in some way. For me, it was Ben. I was the fat junior high student, you know, that they, they couldn't even get a girl to look the girl that I was in love with to look in my direction. And of course, she was in love with my best friend. So, I mean, I found all these ways to relate to to Ben, and I don't feel like it came across in in the movie quite as well. Uh, I do like the cast. Nothing wrong with the performance, anything like that. I'm glad they didn't shy away with uh, with the, the the Ben and Beverly thing, because it looked like they were going to try to do the Bill and Beverly thing, but they went with the Ben and Beverly thing like they should have. And I, w- I was glad with that, and I was glad it was kind of a, a slow burn and, and earned. Uh, the yearbook page thing was an interesting little twist, and he'd actually kept that thing in his wallet that long, the only problem I had with that that kind of broke the whole thing is that nobody remembers anything when they leave Derry. So why would he have kept that that long? That was the yeah. only thing that I kind of had a problem with.
3: No, no, so, I agree with you.
2: Yeah. This this Horcrux thing was an interesting idea. And I got to see these flashbacks, and I was happy about that. But I I, I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, Richie goes back to the old arcade. And I was like – Come on, didn't they have Mortal Kombat at this point? You're still playing Street Fighter, dude? And, you know, and that's why I said, if you feel like if you blink, you missed it, it's implied that, you know, he's he's interested in Henry Bower's uh, cousin. I this thought he a, was just looking for new friends.
3: I'm going to say this right now. The Bower's character didn't need to be in this movie. Bowers,
2: Bower's is the worst part of this. Of the, that, that is, there's an argument that Bower's is the real villain of that book. And this stupid-ass mullet kid is a fucking parody in both of these movies, and I hate it. I hate what they did with the Bowers gang in the first movie and this movie. Well,
3: I mean, mean, this is my big question. If Pennywise can kill the kids, why is he having Henry Bowers kill – like, I I just don't get the character's point at all in this movie.
2: He comes and talks to him in the mental ward because they start – he starts realizing that they're like, you know, I don't believe in you. I'm not scared of you. And so he goes to Henry, and he says, you know, hey, you can kill them. Whether they believe, they don't believe at all, you know. So that's why he actually employs his help. And this, is just like.
3: Then it get explained. That doesn't get explained but
2: at all. Patrick Cox stood under the bed. Yeah, was pretty fucking creepy with the big red balloon. And he comes out, and his face just looks all fucked up. That was a kid yeah. with the, the 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 Kylo Ren looking guy. Yeah. yeah so that, that that was pretty cool in the book. It's that's pristine. the one. That's the one jump cut that like got me to like.
3: Pop um, back, yeah.
2: That's why you knew it was coming. But again, it, it built the tension so well. But yeah, I hate, I hate what they did with the Bowers gang in the, in this yeah. movies, like completely. I don't. Feel I mean, you could him, cut him,
3: you can cut him out of the movie. And I don't think it really loses anything.
2: Besides him carving his name and Ben's stomach in the first movie, I was like, they didn't do anything that that like Bowers in the book, like at all. Bowers no. was fucking scary in the book, man. He was, and he did this, he was just a parody. I mean, they even made mullet jokes at him, and that's where I want to talk about the uh, one of the things where I said, would that actually happen? Uh, when he actually goes in the hotel and he stabs Eddie like in the cheek, and Eddie starts fucking laughing, and he goes into the shower and closes the curtain, and I'm like – I thought this was like Pennywise fucking with Bowers or something. I'm like, would that happen? Would somebody get stabbed in the face and not be freaking the fuck out? Why would they be laughing? Especially a character like Eddie. like To me, Eddie's character was like all over the place. Like He's a <laughs> pushover in the book, man. He's a pushover. He is, to
3: he's half pushover, and then he's like the toughest kid in the room. Right. And like I just like pick one because like this is just about like it's whatever you need him to be in whatever the scene
2: is. Like him always saying, fuck you, Richie, fuck you. I was like that. that it's kind of almost like aggressive to a point where I was like, doesn't really like Eddie. I I, I think the actor and I think he played the role fine to say it yeah. wasn't like book Eddie like at all. But I didn't get this laughing and then going in the shower, and pulling the curtain closed. Like,
3: well, I mean, what the I mean, fuck is going on? I mean, so here, I mean, this is the biggest example here is, you know, in one scene, he is laughing after he got, he has a knife dangling out of his face. And then like 15 minutes later, 15, 20 minutes later, he's like, oh, I can't pick up a knife and like stab the spider. That's killing my friend. Like, exactly. Like, exactly. Consistency. So, con- a
2: twice of fright in the fight. That's more him than, yeah. That is important. So it made no sense of what happened to him actually trying to almost kill the leper and then, and then fucking stabbing Bowers. And I'm just like. This is kind of out of character. So yeah, that's a, that's a problem I have and I'm glad you noticed it as well. Yeah. And I just found, I don't know, I felt like it was kind of played for laughs both times. Like, these aren't funny moments, man. Uh, what else we got? Oh, with Richie, the Paul Bunyan statue that's something straight from the fucking book that I said when I did my. We, I think we did our, our our preview or we just talked about the the trailer yeah. stuff. I said that's something that's just an Easter egg because there's no way they could do that on film. They've only really did they did it. They did it fucking great. I loved it. I had a blast with it. I cannot believe they actually pulled this off. Again,
3: Bill Hader, MVP of this film. It's not even close. And if you had told me that, I would have been like, mouthful. I, like, I think even when we had the castings announced and we did that podcast bill hader was one i was like least excited
2: yeah, about. His work. but I mean, this, i'm gonna uh, talk about this, the cinematography with yes. pennywise up on top of the statue when he floats over and stuff beautifully shot i loved it and i, I like that i know your secret part i thought that right then i was like oh i know what they're doing with richie that's a little different but that's cool yeah and you
3: know now again looking back at it if pennywise is all about creating fear and fear in adults That works. Like out of anybody else's fears, this is the one that works the most is, yeah, I'm going to tell your friends before you get to tell them or have any control of it. So this part works and especially like Richie afterwards, like, no, fuck this. I'm out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. Fuck it. Like, fuck all this shit. Like that was the most well-written part out of the the fear scene, the fear token scenes for sure.
2: Uh, and didn't show it, but Mike got the rock fight from the first, maybe whatever Again, mentioned.
3: Mike, Mike's like, they, I feel like all the good Mike parts are just like, yeah, Mike, uh, oh yeah, here's a rock.
2: Like, they retconned him, but I, I really feel like that in a, a director's cut, we're going to get a little bit more of Mike. I really feel like they just, they had to get the ritual of choosing there and make it as least com- amount of confusing as they could make it, because that was some deep shit in the book so uh but i I really don't think it would work on screen so i I understand what they did it uh they they did actually increase mike's role because uh in the book he's actually stabbed by by bowers and he spends the rest of the book in the hospital he doesn't go with them on the last fight you know he's in critical condition so they do increase his character uh, a a little bit there but before we get to uh, the final confrontation here i do want to talk about a couple of the pennywise kills that they added in here uh, and that was the girl under the bleachers and the boy in the house of mirrors. And I'll say the girl under the bleachers made my skin crawl a little bit. That was uncomfortable with a That was yeah. Oh my god, I was like, yeah. So, uh, guys, that's why when uh, I'm at like something like this, where oh, at your brother's baseball game, we're just gonna sit here and watch it. I don't let my four year old just fucking run off. I, where, <laughs> where the fuck are you going? Yeah. There you go. There might be a killer clown under these bleachers.
3: Um, that scene was tough. The the one in the the, the house of mirrors again.
2: I, they ruined it I, in the fucking preview.
3: We've talked about it. When they give away, they give away too much in the trailers, and like it's always that marketing versus you know suspense push. And guys, just release one trailer that doesn't really show me anything, and I'm fine. I don't really need it. Just give me enough. Um, this is a very tense scene. It would be more tense if I didn't know it was coming. Like if I didn't know the tricks of the the mirrors and that he's going to get trapped in the mirrors and stuff like that, give me, don't show me that in the trailers. Like, just please don't. That's a great scene though. And again, it, it feels so tense and like every time he he's cracking the glass and you know, Bill can't even like make a dent in it. And yeah.
2: Just, but the girl in the bleachers where he catches the lightning bug or whatever, and, yeah. uh, I mean, this it was so beautiful. It was beautifully shot, really beautifully acted, and nobody wants to play with me anymore. So, so uh, I, I'm with you where they, I wish they hadn't shown some of this stuff because, I mean, you really think about it. Pennywise is in this movie, what, 15 minutes? Yeah. And you showed I mean, me two
3: in the trailers? Bill Skarsgård making the most with the least because uh, he, he, he leaves a presence behind for sure.
2: And I mean, that's accurate to the book. I mean, people think it's just this big, scary clown. And I've heard a lot of people saying like, oh, I want it more Pennywise. Like, look, th- this book is a character study. It is really about these friends, and they're growing up and dealing with real-life shit, not really just necessarily about the scary-ass clown. So yeah. I understand that complaint, but, that, I mean, that's true to the story. The clown does not show up every five pages or something like that. So
3: I mean, it's no different than Thanos in Endgame. Like, he right. shows up 10 minutes, 15 minutes. He doesn't get the story, like the first one.
2: Uh, so we head to the uh, the, uh, the the final battle. Uh, what what to speak? Go back to the house on Nebold Street. Lots of cool uh, callbacks there. The, the Stanley head spider. Uh, it didn't turn into a spider, but his head in the fridge was actually in the book, and he actually like you know sh- shoots shit about all of them. But Eddie locking up a couple times. That that's, that is very much from the book and very important, and I'm glad that they actually showed it. But the the head spider? No thanks. No, thanks. Um, I, I don't care if you guys think it looks fake or not. If you're scared fucking shitless of spiders, you don't – no, no. And actually, that was, a, that was a tribute to uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. There was a, that, that, that same thing happened, and the guy says, and then you got to be fucking kidding me. So the fact that, that Bill Hader actually says you got to be fucking kidding me straight – Straight uh, nod to the to John Carpenter's The Thing, which is a great, great, great freaking movie if you haven't seen it. But uh, what did you think here? Because I know this is going to get the part where it gets really CGI. It's really CGI heavy here in this third act. So I want to know things like like Stanley's head spider. What did you think of that? Uh,
3: head spider unnerving the the carving in the skin. Like I just can't like that's one thing for me that it always makes me cringe. is like seeing someone get cut and like that for sure like made me cringe. I was fine. Like, the CGI is the CGI, is CGI is whatever. Like, I, I feel like it, the movie, seeing a giant space spider, was like, I was like, what is going on here? So, like, that part didn't really work for me. The part where they, the kids are separated and they, again, have to overcome some sort of internal yeah, uh, fear. Great. And I, I think this was more effective than the fear tokens because they literally have to face it. And then let it go, and that's very much a whole part of adult adulthood is mm-hmm. letting go of the past. Like the people that are successful and progress are the ones that can let it go, and the people that aren't are the is who just hold on to it as tight as they can.
2: I'll say a nice little Easter egg there, and I don't know because you haven't seen The Shining, but I'm sure you even you know this line. Oh where, yeah, I saw that. Here's, here's Johnny. Oh, that yeah. god, that was terrific. I know that um, line. Um, I'm not so sure about the whole. Well, let me talk about the space spider thing. That's called a compromise, because in the, in the book, a lot of people complain that he is just a straight up giant spider. Okay, um, and and I understand. Again, I'm fucking scared shitless of spiders, so it worked for me. But this was definitely a compromise where he still has like Pennywise's upper torso, and I, I thought it looked good. You know, it didn't it didn't really <laughs> look look bad or anything like that. The whole make him small thing. Look, when you get into the where this is basically the horror Peter Pan, you know, and it's the like... The power of belief,
3: Michael. Yeah, the power. You can make it small.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I feel like this is the best way that they could do it on screen, because this is, all happens like mentally, like a battle of mental wills here. And you can't really show that on the screen without just getting really like um, David Lynch's Dune with it or something like that. So I, I understand why they did it this way. But yeah, it definitely felt like a compromise. And the fact that it looked good, it didn't look like The Rock and The Scorpion King or something like that, where he had the the CGI, they actually made the rock part CGI and he had the people's eyebrow and all that shit. It actually looked pretty good. So the make a small thing, whatever. But again, they, they stayed true to the book. They do beat the shit out of him and just fucking rip his heart out and squish it. Uh, so, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. And I'm glad you got to have the Ben and the Beverly moment. And unlike and Aquaman, when there's like a giant fucking war going on and they stop to have a kiss, uh, I'm glad that Ben and Beverly didn't stop and have their moment right then. And, you know, they noticed what was going on at the moment. The callback to the scary, not scary at all. That, that was very funny. The Pomeranian was very fucking funny. So, again, I can't believe I'm laughing this much in a horror movie. And not in a bad way. I, and I don't feel like it's... The complaint I always have about Marvel. Oh, things are starting to get dark. Let Dr. Strange's cape make a joke or something so we can be like, oh, it's okay, kids. I didn't feel like it was that kind of humor. I felt like it was uncomfortable humor where you're just like, huh, huh, yeah, but this, something scary is going to happen right after it, right? I,
3: I think that maybe it's the Green Lantern fan in me. If you have a monster fueled by fear and you need willpower and hope to to beat it, like you can give colored energies around and you can have that that fear that feeds him and you can change the color. Like that's one way you could do it. Um, you know, there's no way there's, there's very few ways to not make it a little cheesy when it's like, Oh, you got to make him small, um, you know, insult him. And I, and I don't know. I feel like some of the people when they were insulting were kind of like a little cheesy yeah, and some were like, like you can that. see the anger, you can see the anger. And I just wanted to, you know, make the emotions a little more clear. And I think you can make it, less cheesy uh but i mean it, it, it was effective for what it is again like the whole point of being an adult is it's mostly in your head everything that you deal with is in your head and so i can see where they were going for here what king was originally going for i appreciate it I, I do think that there's a better way to show that on screen i don't know what it is because if i did i, I, I wouldn't be a it. yeah i'd be fucking writing <laughs> movies um But I I liked it. I think it was effective enough. I'm we'll sound savage. I'm glad somebody died because they're all too many times. You see, like, everyone gets home unscathed. So hooray that that wasn't the case. Um, I really thought that uh, Isaiah Mustafa would die, like, four or five different times during this battle, and he doesn't. Uh, So hooray for, you know, the black man surviving a horror movie for the (laughs) first time ever.
2: Uh, um, I, I do want to talk about Eddie's big moment for a second because they're it, showing him locking up twice. Once when he can't kill the spider that's on, the, on Richie's face, and, and the second time when uh, Bev gets pulled under. By the way, that was a great line. Time to time to sink instead of time to float. I thought that was a nice little touch there. Uh, but all of them jump in the water except Eddie. So there's twice he's like froze up in here. So that made his big moment uh, more important. But uh, if
1: he doesn't, if he doesn't
3: laugh at the, in the shower. This moment is a lot bigger if someone has to save him. So again, I just I want to redo that entire scene, make it more true to character. Have Ben or somebody come in and save him, and then like his moment can like boom, he's the hero again.
2: I'm with you. I'm with you, and that's like I said, it wasn't like that in the books. So it's a, I, miss, I it's a missed like opportunity,
3: that. just a missed opportunity there.
2: Uh, oh, I do want to say the fucking deadlights part where where Bill Hader comes out, and he's like yippee ki yay, and then he fucking his- just. Boom with the deadlights, uh, that fucking sound, I love it, man. It was so cool. It was so cool. But I mean, they, that that opens them up for Eddie to actually throw the spear, which uh, is. Uh, <laughs> you want me to tell you what happens in the book? Yeah. Uh, he, he he starts playing with this power belief thing, and then he uh he he walks up to him with his inhaler and says, "This is battery acid." And the spider says, "Fuck that shit," and cuts his arm off, and that's how he fucking dies from hemorrhaging from his arm. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. the power belief didn't work quite as well in the book. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I won't I lie. When lie. when Eddie died in the book, man, I was fucking devastated. I mean, it was, it, was, it was so heartfelt. And in this, I was like, okay, I know it's coming, so that didn't bother me so much. But after it's over and they take their dip in the quarry, when Richie breaks down, because I keep waiting for him to make a joke or something to ease mm-hmm. attention, when he actually breaks down i was that close to rolling a tear man i mean it was i don't know if it was because of the emotional attachment to uh the characters from the book so that's why i want to ask you did that pull anything for you because i felt like that scene was probably one of the most powerful in the whole movie
3: yeah no i again bill Hader knocking out of the park i I mean i felt that this was the moment that he was going to say that he loved eddie or that you know that you know allude like finally revealing all the things that they had alluded through throughout the entire movie um Surprised that they didn't because I really felt like Bill Hader was like, he had me like in the palm of his hand and like he could have like really crushed my heart there um, by just the reason why I loved him. Done. Like that would have that would have been perfect icing on the cake, uh, but otherwise an effective scene. I, I thought it was handled really well. It kind of mirrors the first movie where they come together and after the fight and they like do the whole pack thing. So, uh, yeah, no, it worked for me for sure.
2: And Ben and Bev finally connecting I was like, look, I don't know if I would If I, I can't hold my breath underwater for water like Maybe 15 seconds so yeah, I, was
3: I was like, like man, this is, a, this is a lot of underwater breathing here. But
2: Two things One, if you've waited 27 years to kiss this girl I get it But two, for Jessica Chastain, I might try it I might try <laughs> to hold my breath that long I'm just going to put, it out, there. Just gonna put uh, it out there So I'm glad they had their moment I Even though I was like, I can't hold my breath underwater that long Um, this ending, I I, I enjoyed it. But before I tell you what the book ending is, uh, I I do want to say I enjoyed it. I liked that it was showing them as the kids, but it was the adults doing the voiceover. I thought that was a very nice Mm -hmm. touch. It felt very Stranger Things again. I know you don't watch, uh, but in a good way where I felt like the first one took some things from Stranger Things. I'm like, Stranger Things took from your story. Don't take from Stranger Things. Uh, So I, I felt like it was a very, very more faithful i like that they took out the epilogue from the book which is a basically a magic fucking bike ride i don't want to get into it because it's fucking stupid uh so they took out tom and audra and they took out the magic bike ride my three biggest problems from the book so there i'm happy what i'm not happy so much about and this gonna make me sound like a fucking sadist uh is because the book has like a little bit more tragic of an end is once pennywise is dead and once they all start to leave dairy they start forgetting everything again and this it makes it look like oh they're just gonna be best friends for the rest of their lives No, they start to forget each other again. So these characters that have went through two fucking hells together are going to forget that any of them ever exist. And at the end, it has Mike. Mike's writing this down in his journal, and he's saying, even I'm starting to forget. And I only have the words in these pages to remind me. But I know over time, even these words will fade. And that just fucking crushed me when I read it, man. So. This, I was like, yeah, I get why they did it their way. And I did like the change that they did. With people dance. like a happy ending, Mike. And I people get, it, like I get it, it. I get it. I get it. With All the all the pointing out about how people didn't like the book ending in this movie, making a point of that. I get why they did it. I'm just saying that that was much more effective than me in the book because I was just crushed that these people weren't going to remember each other.
3: Eh, I mean, I, I can see how both would be effective. Um, I I mean, it's... It's a movie I knew that they weren't going to live it, leave it that bittersweet, especially when you have a character dying. So I thought they did a nice job of putting a bow on it, uh, especially – they had made fun of bad endings so much in this movie. I was like, man, I bet you that ending that uh, the book has really sucks.
2: <laughs> oh, People just didn't like that his true form was a giant intergalactic space spider. They didn't like yeah. that. And I mean, that, that's why King has gotten that reputation where I'm like, I think he's gotten that reputation to a point now where it's just like unfair. He has some really good endings. Don't say he can't write an ending for shit. It's just kind of bullshit. Yeah. No. Uh, but I mean, his two biggest books, it and Stan both have endings that are wildly debated. So I get it. I get that. That's the reputation that he's gotten, but I mean, like, Talk about The Shining had a fucking terrific ending. You know, There's lots of his books that have terrific endings. And speaking of The Shining, I just want to say real fast, uh, they showed a uh, – I don't know if it's your theory, They showed the new trailer for Dr. Sleep, which hadn't actually been released yet. And the guy next to me is like so pissed off. He's like, fucking Hollywood, man. They can't fucking leave anything alone. They're fucking going to make a sequel to The Shining. And I'm like, yes, they're making a sequel to The Shining, which is based on the book. By Stephen King Which is a sequel To The Shining But I'm like I know not everyone's King It was Like me They don't know these things So usually I would agree Yes Hollywood is out of ideas But uh, I, I don't know That just kind of Made me chuckle a little bit
3: What I did like I, I don't think I saw that But uh, before the movie They did uh, a trailer For the the Harley Quinn
2: Or the Birds of Prey oh, movie Oh that was That was both funny And stupid so. I laughed because
3: She said I really hate clowns I thought the movie Was starting And then I saw the DC thing And I was like Wait yeah, what, was the like, what the hell is, the is this Yeah and then uh, the uh, – I really – I'm over clouds. I'm like, that's actually pretty effective. This was a good use of tying in one movie to another because I
2: enjoyed that. Yeah, but let's not talk about uh, what we think about the Birds of Prey movie. Uh, that would definitely be for another show. Let me, so, give uh, it, let me
3: give it a credit. Let me give WB some credit right now when they deserve it because that was a very unexpected but – very oh, I
2: thought guy. it was the movie too. I was confused by the <laughs> DC logo. I was like, was there some kind of tie-in that I missed? Uh, I was like, I thought because I know they did that deceased, and the the, the yeah. cover that they used was a, a of it. Uh, so I thought maybe it had some kind of tie-in with that. And I was like, well, they had to put the DC logo on this. I'm like, what the hell? And then I kept walking. I was like, that not look like Pennywise. That looks kind of feminine, feminine for Pennywise. Oh, it's it's Rob Margaret Robbie. Okay. <sighs> Suicide Squad sucked, Danny. All right. Hey, I enjoyed <laughs> I enjoyed this form part one. I understand the people that did not. Uh, like I said, I feel like Hater, Hater definitely elevated the character Richie enough for me that I, I felt like that. You know, oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I can't say Bill Skarsgård. When Bill Skarsgård's on the screen, he crushes it. I mean, I think to the point where you think about the clown shoes that this guy had to fill in Tim Curry, that people – even that movie has aged very badly, but people still love that role for Tim Curry, and he did crush that role. But I think that to to me at this point, it feels like this is the more – uh book appropriate version of Pennywise. So I
3: am all for Bill Skarsgård just reprising Tim Curry roles. And if he wants to like remake clue, like I'm all <laughs> for
2: it. <laughs> right that. Uh, I said, I thought that he should be Lestat in the, in the vampire chronicles, but you probably don't even know what that is. Uh, no. but, uh, but again, I mean, uh, he's a chameleon.
3: That, that's the nice thing about here for Bill Skarsgård is he's not going to be pigeonholed into like, Oh, you're just the creepy clown guy. Like he, he has range and, uh, Thankfully, he is unrecognizable in the makeup.
2: Shit, he can play a clown so good. Let's just make him the new Joker.
3: Hey, there we go. No hater uh, so, easily, easily the MVP of this
2: yeah, movie, though. Without like he, I'm so it's surprised. I'm... James McAvoy is, like, maybe my favorite actor working right now. And I, a movie with him, I'm going to say to someone else. A comedian was the best part of the movie. So that's amazing. It's amazing to me. It's amazing. It's incredible. I, I do like that, like I said, a lot of things that they left out of the book. From part one that they fixed with the clubhouse, so that's a retconning that I'm always gonna gonna be in for. But uh, I I I think that this is when I, we get this super cut. I hope Warner Brothers lets him do this shit because he really wants to do director. He really wants to do this shit. I hope they let him. And I'm like, guys, here's what you do: you put out It Chapter Two on Blu-ray, you wait a year, and then boom! By the way, here buy it all again in this super director's cut. And I, so I would, I would. Mm-hmm. So yeah, unless. This isn't release the Snyder Cut, guys. This is actually something that I think Warner Brothers would be behind. They would want to do this. They know where their their, their, their money is. And I have to say I am surprised uh, knowing what we know about Warner Brothers. It seems like they really let Andy Buschetti do what he wanted to do with this. There was no meddling. And you want to say, oh, well, look how much money the first movie made. That's why. Because you know they were probably like, hey, we need more of the kids. You know Everybody liked the kids in the first one. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't have the kids in this more than they did. Uh, so I feel like they really let him do what he wanted. You know, this is the ones that make The Conjuring Universe with James Wan. They feel like they let them do what they want. So I wish that their superheroes were handled by the same department that do the horrors, what I'm saying in Warner Brothers, because Warner Brothers is doing good horror. And there's, there's the other stuff.
3: And as in overall, it's a successful opening weekend uh, budget. Around varying degrees, but 80 million is the higher end, and the box office worldwide, 185 for a horror movie, rated R. Very, very good opening. Um, You know, we have to readjust from the the superhero scales a little bit there. But yeah, 91 in the US, uh, second highest horror film debut ever behind at Chapter One. So there you go.
2: I think that um, what this did for me as a Stephen King fan is it adapted my favorite book and it wasn't an embarrassment. You know, my favorite Stephen King book and it wasn't an embarrassment. So for me, that's already already a good thing. There's some things I would change. There's some things they changed that I like for the better. But most importantly, this washed that fucking dog shit taste out of my mouth from Pet Cemetery earlier this year. So it has me hopeful. For Doctor Sleep coming up here in in, in about a month and a half, and I'm actually going to read that book for the first time too.
3: Yeah, I think its legacy is twofold. Um, One is it it, chapter one helps show good King adaptions can happen, and we we have seen the gold rush to mine more King novels and adaptations, which to your delight. Hooray! The world is rediscovering Stephen that King. Ringer,
2: that ringer card you sent was like, dude, I feel like yeah. I sh- fucking ghost wrote this. I was like, yeah, you just look at all this stuff, so much stuff on TV that they're going to be doing. It's just like, yeah, this is a good time. So I'm like, yeah. if they even get one out of three of these right, I'm, I'm in heaven.
3: I think the box office so far for two will continue that. Like, hey, Stephen King is, uh, we're going to just come up, keep mining that. I think the other, as we as we said, is it chapter one showed you can make a good horror film. People will go buy people will go buy tickets to it. And this has started the golden age of horror. And I, again, I think the numbers here show because I think this one will have some likes that will carry it through. Um, I, I think we'll see horror continue to to earn its legitimacy at the at the box office with critics, and I, and I think you'll see that the, the run of horror is not going to slow down anytime soon.
2: I hope you are correct, and I'm just excited. That this like bro, this is two horror movies you have been see in the theater this year, man. I'm excited. <laughs> I saw that's us, us kind
3: of, of, kind of us yeah.
2: and it. Chapter two, two horror movies for you this year. That's that's crazy. I never would. Have I saw to have Happy Death Day to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I watched that. wasn't that bad. It was it was different than I expected, and I think yeah. that was a good thing. I thought it was just going to do like all the same stuff again. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's a fun movie. Fun movie. Yeah. she can call me. Um, <laughs> uh, so I don't have anything left. I mean, I I don't want to like these or anything like this. I feel like this is definitely a movie.
3: I think uh, we're both saying go see it. Yeah, for sure. Really and, it,
2: yeah. And, you know, a, a criticism I've heard is like, "Oh, it can't stand on its own." Well, no shit. It's part two of a duology. Of course, <laughs> it can't stand on it fucking. It's in, it, it says part fucking two in the title. It's chapter two. You got to read chapter one before. It's not Marvel, I mean this, that's where I say I feel like uh, that tweet I put out. I said that with the with the reviews of this, I said there's there's three possibilities I see. Either one, it's actually not that good. Two, uh, critics don't know how to rank it because it's not a Marvel movie. They don't know how to fucking grade anything in a Marvel movie anymore. Or, or three, it's more like the book and less like Stranger Things. And I said I think it's it's, it's definitely three and, and, and part of, of two because I think they're like, okay, well, Marvel makes all these complete these new movies and they all could stand alone on their own. Yeah, Marvel's fucking different than a part two of a fucking book, man. <laughs> so uh, I think people just – they have to learn to not grade everything on the same scale that they do Marvel, which is mm-hmm. just weird that we are at that point in our lives right now that every movie that comes out is put up next to a Marvel movie. A yeah. fucking Marvel Comics movie. Sure. I mean, you you love this
3: movie. I like this movie. There are some issues with just the management of the storylines, but it's not a bad movie. It's an effective movie. There's themes that tie it throughout, and uh, I do think a supercut will solve a lot of my issues with this film.
2: All right, now cast my dude James McAvoy as the next James Bond, and then and, and, and then we'll be ready. Give him a
3: franchise, people. Just give him a big ass franchise that isn't fox's x-men hey you know i saw i
2: saw i saw dark phoenix on like a video on demand. and didn't even click it all right all right guys that's where we've reached we've gotten to the point where i went from like excited about age of apocalypse to like not even watching dark phoenix that's where i've gotten that's where i've gotten and and like i said i'm a big james mcavoy hunk so uh guys thanks for uh for for listening watching all that stuff i I was one
3: more one more thing one more thing before we wrap it up bill hader was so good in this movie i I would not be opposed to seeing Bill Hader get some Best Supporting Actor love in the upcoming award season. He was that damn good.
2: I think this should get a nomination for cinematography and definitely for the soundtrack, too. The score was really good. score was really good. uh, But yeah, if you want to throw some supporting nods in there, I mean, I think that it's been universal pretty much. Everyone's Bill Hader's kind of steals this movie. And, you know, when I saw the critics saying that, I was like, well, you're just doing that because you guys are big SNL hacks. But no, he, he he did. This is a movie with
3: prestige actors Jessica Chastain and James McAvoy. And Bill Hader walked in from Saturday Night Live and just ate their fucking lunch.
2: Uh, I get, getting handed a really good character help, but the fact that he he nailed it like he did when it was a mm-hmm. character that I felt like was kind of handled poorly in IT Chapter 1. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Great job. Great job. So, guys, go see it. Let us know what you think. And uh, I'm going to start thinking now about what's coming out uh, uh, the rest of this year to see uh, if there's anything else we're going to talk about. I don't believe I'm going to see Joker. I'm not going to see Joker. Venice
3: critics. What the hell is
2: going on? See, this is where we're different though. You agree with critics a lot and I don't, I I don't don't It's not
3: even just that. It's just, I just, I, I am, I am floored. I am stunned by the praise being, this is beyond anything that I've, I can remember
2: really. It definitely feels like, uh, warner brothers version of logan uh at least as far as the critical appraise that it's getting so far and i want to believe you, it i just thought that 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 newest trailer was just kind of made it look dull i don't know if you give I, me a movie half as
3: good as logan i'll be very happy sure, logan, sure. i
2: love White love joaquin phoenix i mean i don't think i've ever seen him bad in anything so uh I, I'll, I'll just kind of wait and listen to uh what people, people that say. you trust people yeah. there are people that I trust but just people that aren't critics because yeah. if you critics tell me that fucking Last Star Wars Less Jedi is amazing and I go see it and I'm like, what the fuck did they watch? So, you know, mm. obligatory Star Wars suite. Oh, and I won't be going to see Star Wars. So I'm going to see Dr. Sleep and that might be it. I don't know. That might be it for me for the rest of this year.
3: Frozen 2, you'll go see. Don't even. Who? You have kids. You'll see Frozen 2.
2: No, my kids didn't really care for Frozen, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even take them to see Toy Story, man. That's how bad of a parent I've been. Mm. I know. Or Lion King. It was a busy summer. It was a very, very, very busy summer. Maybe Adam's family? That sounds like a nice wait for video. <laughs> like, nice nice, nice wait for video. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, the rest yeah. kind of the year is kind of iffy. But uh, I think that now that we're getting into, you know, past those doldrums of summer, you know, we can actually, like, start having shows more consistently now. Because we kind of, we're like, we're not going to force it. There's nothing really to talk about. And after Comic-Con, it's always slow, you know. So oh. it, we'll, we'll actually be able to uh, get some stuff at, uh, you know just when we can stuff like that as long so, as skype doesn't
3: update we should be regular so
2: <laughs> yeah i'm hoping this worked out i'm hoping this worked out that's the change guys they just dropped google hangouts from youtube so i can't do it on there anymore so uh we're kind of making this up as we go so i hope it i hope that i hope this actually recorded you know
3: <laughs> says it's still recording so fingers crossed
2: all right well thanks for joining me buddy and uh, we will talk to you guys soon